Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live on another brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the Al Davis Studio on the bucolic western shore of Maryland, along the banks of the semi-historic and windy Magathy River. So windy. You are, you are listening to the Voice of Maryland, Maryland's leading conservative talk show, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Grimmers, with me in studio... Greg Klein. Good to be here. Just kind of ruined Greg's day right before we came on the air by telling him that they're doing a TV reboot of Stripes. It did ruin my day. I just, you know, every day I wake up and the world makes a little less sense, and I don't get that. But. <laughs> one thing I, one thing that does make a lot of sense is the uh, new poll numbers that show Governor Hogan's in great shape. We'll ah, I see what those. you did there. We'll talk about those in a, in a little bit. The, uh, the teachers union trying to strike back against me, and it's adorable. We'll talk about it. Uh, in depth. Yeah, fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, one candidate for governor wants to create a whole new agency to deal with sexual harassment. Not candidate just, for governor. Uh, fancy air quotes on the radio. Fair. Um, speaking of candidates, Democrats in Anne Arundel County have found their cannon fodder. Yeah, and he's he's I, I, a candidate. We'll, we'll share with what's been written so far. Seems terribly dynamic. And we. Will <laughs> Moss grows. That's technically dynamic, right? <laughs> and uh, we will preview this yeah. weekend's Maryland Republican Party convention. I will be remiss if I didn't remind you to join us there tomorrow. Please do. At the hotel at Arundel Preserve. Yeah, we're going to have fun. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. because not... some people say, Brian, fun is the best thing to have, and I agree. Um, yes. Yes, that is that is true. Fun is, is good. And uh, Greg and I will... <laughs> That's one of the most unintentionally Catholic things you've ever said. <laughs> I reluctantly agree. Hey, hey, yeah. Look, we do look. You know, the first time, first time I ever like started going to church, they right. were talking about going to Atlantic City and the like. You know, I'm like wait, so wait a minute, wait a minute. This Catholic thing where it's about drinking and gambling, cool. <laughs> I'm going to isolate that. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, you can join us without the gambling. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, if you could go over to the casino, but. It's in the neighborhood. It is in the neighborhood, but you can join. Greg and I will be there. We will. And we will be joined by the stars of the Langercast. The stars of the Langercast, uh, yes. The, star, for the real star, Jerry Rogers, That's as right. well as um, his sidekick, Andrew Langer from WBAL Radio. And by the way, let's give Jerry Rogers credit. I think he has lasted, he is the longest tenured co-host that Andrew Langer has ever had on the Langercast. Or in any other cast. Right, I mean, you know, he's outlasted he's, Nugent at this. He's point. like the, he's like the. Oh, well, see, now I didn't even know that. He's like the the drummer of Spinal Tap that lasted for a couple of years. I mean, good for him. There you go. Hope it works out. By the way, they don't listen to this, which I'm sure is something we will bring up with them. I I think that we should. Yes. Yes. Uh, one other thing that we do want to bring up, of course, uh, is the governor's poll numbers, which is fantastic. This is a great story, and and I'll tell you why in a second. Well, first, first we will read the story. No, I don't, think, friends that, I don't think the Baltimore Sun. Sun wants us to read it, but we'll try. Headline, Hogan rides high, Trump sinks low in New Maryland poll. <laughs> you guys are clever. The editorial board of the Baltimore Sun. Juxtaposition, thy name is Baltimore Sun. Go ahead. Governor Larry Hogan continues to soar in a new poll of Maryland voters released Tuesday while President Donald Trump's number, Trump, President 
Donald Trump's number remain in the dumps. I'm just, I, I'm just reading it, folks. They, they used all their energy in that in that flourish of <laughs> continues to soar that the rest of the sentence they just took a nap on. Yeah. According to Annapolis-based Opinion Works, not Brian's favorite pollster. Okay. A survey taken in late October and early this month shows that 67% of Maryland voters approved of the Demo- of Republican governor's performance in office, while only 22% disapproved. Meanwhile, 63% disapprove of the job Trump is doing, with more than half saying they disapprove. Only 34% approve. Thank you. Yeah. Hogan's good news was tempered somewhat, as Marylanders signaled they... I'm stopping you, and I'm interrupting you. Sure. They just can't, they just can't leave good enough alone. They've got to... They've throw as much bad at, at this as they can. So here we go. Hogan's good news was tempered somewhat as Marylanders signaled they are inclined to elect Democrats to the General Assembly who could keep him in check if he wins re-election. By a margin of 42%... Because he's running away. Yeah. With By a thing. margin of 42% to 23%, voters said they are more likely to vote for Democrats as legislators than Republicans. Gaining enough seats in the Senate and House of Delegates to break the current Democratic supermajority is a much-desired goal of Hogan and the Maryland Republican Party. While Hogan's approval numbers are sky high, he falls short of a majority who say they will vote for him for re-election. Such a misleading sentence. We'll break that down. Voters said they favor Hogan over a generic Democrat challenge. A generic Democrat challenge. Right. The field. By Well, right. But I'm doing the grammatically incorrect nature of that sentence. Well, there's... By 43% to a 28% margin. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Democrats will choose their nominee from a field of eight in the June 26th primary. The winner then faces the daunting task of consolidating a Democratic brace, base in which 59% give Hogan a favorable performance rating. Wow, 59% of Democrats. He also Hogan also enjoys the support of 85% of his own party members despite his shunning of Trump in the 2016 election. It should be higher. We're, we're, we're working on it. Independents in Maryland side with Republicans on Hogan and with Democrats on Trump with 65% approving the governor and 60% disapproving of the president. Opinion Works, a nonpartisan firm, you can't see air quotes on the radio, found little difference in enthusiasm between Democrats and Republicans. Isn't this interesting? It found that 74% of Republicans and 71% of Democrats were absolutely certain to vote. Among independents, however, only 46% said they were sure to vote. On the survey's one-issue question, voters by a narrow plurality of 45% to 43% said they could support an expansion of Medicare to cover all Americans, another way of saying universal health care. As it turns out, by the way, later on we learned that that question was paid for by the Vinnie DeMarco's um, criminal outfit sure. that he's got running sure. over. Sure, the nonpartisan outfit that right. Opinion Works. Opinion Works President Steve Rapps says the survey shows a strong constituency for universal health care, if not a majority. Mind you, 45 to 43, that's within the margin of error. Right. If this idea ever became a legislative proposal, these results show it'll be a vigorous debate on both sides, Rab said. And possibly... That's the best I could do for you, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> and here we go, at the very end. The poll of 850 registered registered voters yeah. has I a margin of error of 3.3%. Okay. Greg, what Let's do you make of this? Well, first off, a, a couple of things. Number one, again, you look at some of the methodologies. You'll talk about the history of opinion works. It's another poll that's registered voters that almost certainly is oversampling Democrats, um, that shows the governor with very high approval ratings, upper 60s. Um, this generic ballot is a little bit of a twist, uh, or this matchup um, is fascinating. The Democrats want to make hay of the fact that the governor doesn't have 50% 
in these polls. As we've said before, the best case scenario at the end of the day, the governor probably gets 54, 55%. So he's not going to have that now because you're going to have, you're, you're always going to have, especially this far away from an election, you're going to have a significant number of undecided voters. So what's, what's interesting, what the headline should be is that, you know, Governor Hogan's beating generic Democrat by 15 points, points. by 15 points. That's huge. That means all of that. And by the way, generic Democrat is always going to poll better than any specific Democrat that gets chosen. Yeah. Um, So, you know, 15 points is huge. Uh, They're going to have to really do well with undecided voters to make up that difference and win to take advantage of that less than 50 percent thing. This is terrible news for the Democrats, because, number one, this is a poll that methodologically should favor them uh, significantly, frankly. That's probably, as as you pointed out, Brian, paid for by a left wing special interest group Uh that um, continues to to repeat and, and confirm other polls that have had high approval ratings for the governor that show no significant decline in that. They're trying to say, well, it's a little bit less than it was a year ago. I mean, come on, guys. So what? <laughs> come on, guys. You know, you're trying a little too hard. Um, and what's interesting, and wh- and the other thing that I want to jump back because I want to mention, then I'll let you go, the contrast between what Governor Hogan is doing and what President Trump is doing is stark. It cannot be lost on people on our side. That 15% who maybe aren't happy with the governor or whatever the 10%, whatever the percentage was, you see President Trump is terribly un- unpopular. The strong disapproval is very high. The overall disapproval is very high. Okay? Governor Hogan is is clearly separated himself from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And if and you these numbers confirm and it's not even close, confirm that Governor Hogan is right to distance himself from the president to have a different style and it most especially shows itself amongst independent voters, non-party identi- non-partisan voters, non-party identified voters, who are clearly his key to winning the election. I think that's also confirmed by the generic uh, legislation, legislative polling, which is kind, which is overrated. And, oh, oh and yeah, you got to get that you got to get district by district and whatever. So if you want to say that's great. That's fine. The Democrats are going to control the General Assembly. That's not really nobody's disputing that. But again, it shows that the governor is able to counter all the Democratic advantages by doing what he's doing, that he's got a a formula for success that is clearly working. And the enthusiasm thing jumps out at me, too, just to finish up my Mm -hmm. thoughts, because it doesn't show um, the phenomenon that the Democrats think is going on in places like Virginia and the, the elections last week, that their side so motivated more than than the than the republicans are it doesn't show that in this poll so I wanna, with that yeah, i turn it over to you let's get back to that legislative thing for a second because yeah. and this goes back to the sampling issue because you know we don't know what the sample was we don't know the geographic breakdown of the sample we don't know how many of those individuals you know look you it's theoretically possible that there were legislative districts that weren't even represented in that sample of absolutely people absolutely it could have been just the way things shake out you could have had 20 people from one legislative district that were um, you know that we're sampling that poll. We don't know, and, and and really, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Really, when you just do generic balloting like that, you're just it's just mirroring the partisan makeup of your of your uh, sample. Really, 
Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really matter because, as you said, Greg, it's going to be, you know, district by district, issue by issue. I mean, right. you know, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have districts that are going to go solid R. You have districts that are going to go solid D. If you have a bunch, if your poll is made up of a bunch of districts that are solid D, then yeah, your numbers are going to say solid D. We just don't know what sure. the sample is, and of course, much like you talked about with the uh, governor taking on generic. Um, generic Democrat. Right. Until you put names to this, it's not really going to matter because you don't know, you don't know who these things are. You don't know the the makeup right. of those of of those particular and individual races. Absolutely. I want to get back especially to especially with independent voters. Yeah. I want to get back to this twenty eight number though, which is my personal favorite. Okay. And twenty eight percent of voters in this poll are are looking to support the generic Democrat on the ballot. Now for governor, right? For governor. Now the Democrats, the Democratic machine, if you will, you know I will. Banjo Troll and Banjo Troll's replacement and the Maryland Democratic Party, the Democratic Governors Association, they are they are hopping up and down. They are they are ready to throw a parade because only forty but that's forty three percent of the people in this poll are uh, you know, are are saying that they're going to reelect Governor Hogan. I find it very interesting that they would actually trumpet this poll when it shows one generic Democrat is getting their ass kicked by 15 points. Yeah. And that generic Democrat in a state with a two to one Democratic majority. Yeah. Is polling at 28 percent in a poll sampling registered voters. Right. Not likely voters. Registered voters. It's insane. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 this is really this is really, really bad news. And I don't know how much they're trumpeting it as much as they are trying to spin what little they can get out of it. And that's probably what they are. But yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I don't think they released a. You know, I don't think the Maryland Democratic Party issued a press release saying, "Oh, haha, we got him." You know, but but they are know, trying to put their spin on it. But the Democratic sure, governors and, and and employees and agents of the Maryland Democratic Party are trying to make a big stink about this, and it's just it's absolutely mind boggling. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know. Yeah, if they think this is a good poll, they're in a lot of trouble. And, they must think their position's a and, lot worse. Than... And hey, let them. Yeah. But I, I think you make an excellent point that if, that if they think this is good news in a state with such a huge Democratic voter registration majority, then they they think they're going to be in much worse shape than even we think they're going to be. Yeah, and the, and the talking point is, and it's reflected in the Baltimore Sun, who's trying to carry as much water for them as possible. Oh, that would never happen. Um is well he's not over 50 percent ah the majority the majority of voters don't say they're going to vote for him okay well you know less than 30 percent say they're going to vote for your guy so what you know so what is that i mean it's like it's like we can still get a 50 we can still get over 50 percent and then you're like well look at the numbers you can't do math (laughs) you know you'd have to get you'd have to get you know 80% 80% of the undecided voters in this poll to make up the difference yes. in, in the deficit that you've got to get you over 50%. And by every indication, there's you're not going to get that. You're not going to get you might not get 80% of democratic votes for the democratic candidate. I point out by too by the way that the democrats are the democrats are so giddy about this poll and they're giddy, or at least they seem to be giddy about the fact that generic democrat is polling at 28% in a statewide election. I point out, which is insane, which is absolutely insane. I point out that Donald Trump got twenty nine percent in the election last year. Right, 
Okay? Well, that is a good point. I that mean, is a good point. You know, I mean, that's if the Democrats are really excited about that, there's some right. there's I mean, some knowledge for you. And this is the flip side of us saying the best the governor can do is 54, 55 is the work. I mean, the 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 floor for the Democrats should be 45, 46 percent. Correct. They should literally just have Demo- a D beside somebody on a name on the ballot get 45 percent of the vote. Yeah. And they're polling under 30 percent. Yeah. That's bad. That's well, really, really bad. And, them, and, bad. and and the governor has universal name recognition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people know who he is. Meanwhile, the Democratic F troop that's coming out of the clown car, yeah. you know, is just a bunch, again, a bunch of has-beens and never were's or never will be's. Yeah. Who nobody knows. None of whom are talking about how they beat governor. None of them, none of them are addressing why he's popular. Right. And how to overcome that. They're just going to the same Democratic playbook, and they think turnout's just going to swamp everything. But these numbers show that these numbers show why this governor can swim against the you know he can he can successfully swim upriver. Yeah. So speaking of speaking of the Democratic playbook, yeah. The um, so last week. I wrote a column in the Capitol. You, you did. I've heard about switching it. Gears here. Good. It was uh, it was about the teachers' union and their insistence on politicizing all things education, particularly about how they've weaponized school funding. And I tell you what, Greg. The, um, the I tell the, you what, Greg. The teachers' union. Tell me. The, the Maryland State Education Association president, boy howdy, she is not happy. In a in an op-ed. Can I? Can I? You may. You because I think. You, you. I know you're reluctant to do this because you don't seek praise of any kind. But if there's anybody who at Red Maryland draws a response to a editorial better than Brian Griffiths, I have not met him. <laughs> okay, I have written things that people have have gotten upset about. Uh, Mark Nugent, when he was with us, wrote things that, that you know there were lawsuits threatened, but nobody draws a response to a to an editorial than my friend Brian Griffiths here. And you've done it again, my friend. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh, I remember, as you pointed out in the past, you know, the, the mayors of Baltimore getting yes, on my case. Yes, two mayors had to respond to something you wrote in the Baltimore Sun. Right, which is high praise indeed. So here's the headline, op-ed in today's Annapolis Capitol. Betty Weller, union puts needs of public schools first. Okay. And you'll notice, by the way, that this is a very, uh, very interesting op-ed. In Are his, you going to read the whole thing? I'm just curious. I, I think we're going to. Okay, gonna, go we're ahead. Gonna, it, it, I'm, it's your call, man. In his column headline, Teachers Union Has Politicized State School Issues, right. Brian Griffiths, editor-in-chief of Red Maryland, parents, a blog that could only be described as the wannabe Breitbart of Maryland. Can we talk about that? We can. Because it's hilarious, it's number one. It's insanely hilarious. And, and by the way, if we're the wannabe Breitbart of Maryland, who's the Steve Bannon of this organization? Think about it. <laughs> He's not going to like us saying it. I digress. It would be someone who would have left to go join an administration. <laughs> but I digress. You've got the beard for it, though. I've, oh, come on. I don't know what that means. That, I'm not Steve Bannon. No, you're not. None of us are. That, that's the hilarious thing is the fact that we, we, we realize Breitbart's a joke, kind of like this entire column. Yeah. And by the way, I think we're older than Breitbart, FYI, the organization. Uh, we 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 existed long. Red Maryland has existed longer than than Breitbart. Yeah. You, you may well be right. By the way, this is how she starts it, and then you'll read the next right. line. Tries to convince the Capitol's readers that teachers are mob-style bosses, carefully puppeteering Democratic leadership in the General Assembly. 
This is exactly the kind of petty and distracting rhetoric that makes people tune out our political discourse. Not calling us the wannabe Breitbarts. Right. Also, by the way, at no point in that sentence was denying that they are carefully yeah. puppeteering Democratic leadership in the General Assembly. Yeah, she doesn't really she doesn't really say we don't do that. Right. Yeah, you're right. As a middle school science teacher and president of Maryland Statewide Educators Union, Educators Union, the 73,000-member-strong Maryland State Education Association, which, by the way, she takes an $85,000 salary in addition to her teaching gig for this, yeah, by the way. Well. I know getting down in the dirt with cowardly bullies doesn't work. Man, she's going to be really surprised if she learns that my wife's a member of her union. Um, so, uh, we... <laughs> that may not be the case for long. They have a, they have a tendency to kick people out. Anyway, so, okay. Instead, I will take the opportunity to talk about why the public servants in your neighborhood schools speak up about education issues on behalf of their students and what's at stake in the year ahead. By the way, I point out, the people who are speaking up are the professional union hacks that are yeah, getting paid by the, the union. Yeah, the sanctimony in this is so over the top. It's so ridiculous. Go ahead. To be perfectly honest, I wish the educators that make up our union didn't have to engage in the political process to get what our students deserve. <laughs> Our teachers, which is a hell of a lot more of your money. Is our you teachers say. and education support professionals spend every day working and working with and for our kids. Sure. Participating in ongoing training to improve our craft, staying up late at night redesigning lesson plans, engaging with parents on strategies to boost learning, and know firsthand what works and what fails for each individual student. Which apparently, if you look at what's going on in Baltimore City with all those schools who don't have math proficiency, it's not very much. Yeah. In a world that makes any sense the education policymakers in our local and state government structures would work together with these experts to improve our public schools. In other words, they would do what we told them. Right. We would have a technocracy. Right. But that simply doesn't happen. Ideologues get appointed to the state school board and consistently demean and ignore the opinions of teachers. <laughs> the private profit margins of the tourism industry, testing companies, and private school management companies get put before the needs of our public schools. Okay, now take that sentence. That sentence, I mean, she is... Remember the audience she's writing to. That's a sentence you'd write at the Huffington Post yes. or some left-wing blog. You're using all, using the language and and buzzwords of a very left-leaning ideology. Someone reading that. If that's your audience, that gets an applause line. To the average citizen of Anne Arundel County, what? That's you know, that's just that's a red flag. Yeah, literally red. Yes. Even our U.S. Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, has never worked in or had her children attend a public school. So, yes, educators organize what little is left of our spare change and spare time to support campaigns of policymakers who fight for our schools and oppose policymakers who promote private, profit-making interests instead of our kids. See, Again, it, we've gotten this far, and it not once has she denied that they're a Democratic... No, she doesn't <laughs> deny anything you're saying. She's like, we have to do it because... And she'll continue to make the art. We have to do it. We shouldn't have to do it. You should just do what we say. And we do it because, you know, all of the people who oppose us are evil and only in it for profit and don't care about your kids. And, um, they're, you know, they want to promote private profit-making interests. Ooh. You know, Snively. Again, these are all left-wing talking. But this is someone who's deep, deep, deep into the left-wing public education bubble. Yeah. That's exactly the choice for Maryland in 2018. Through the Commission on Innovation and Excellence in Education, more commonly known as the Kerwin Commission, right. we have a once-in-a-generation opportunity to redesign how our public schools receive funding. This 25-member panel has been working for more than a year on a plan to finally give our schools the resources they need to be successful with every child. By the way, also not, not rebutted 
the fact that the Kerwin Commission outcome was baked in the cake, as I wrote in the piece, because it's a Democratic front group with union membership on. Well, because because they have to do this to advocate for education. She, here's the first mention of many she'll make in her response that schools need more money. Right. That the Kerwin Commission is about getting more money. This should include appropriate student-to-staff ratios, competitive teacher pay, universal pre-kindergarten, expanded access to job training and apprenticeship programs for high school students, health and nutritional services for students at schools with concentrated poverty, and other proven strategies to boost student learning that we see in research and best practices from around the world. But I wish I, ha- I wish I had a sound effect, and I don't have one. That was a cash register. Cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. But making such a bold investment in our schools takes strong political will. Okay. To spend that much money is terribly unpopular because we'll have to raise taxes a lot. There's a reason the average school in Maryland is underfunded by $2 million every year, according to school funding experts. No mention of who those experts are. Well, we know who they are. They're the people sitting on the Kerwin Commission. If every school is underfunded by $2 million, start to add that up. Yeah. How many schools are in Anne Arundel County? A hundred and how no, many? So, I mean, constantly she's saying there's not enough money, not enough money. We need more spending, more spending, more spending. You should just do what we, the teachers' unions people, say you should do. No no mention about how that's ever funded or what that's going to cost. She wants the strong political will to force us to tax and spend that money. That's what she's about, which is exactly what you accused her of. Public school champions like House Speaker Michael Bush have endured a lot of criticism from partisans like Red Maryland and their ally in the governor's mansion. <laughs> the first accurate statement, I think, that's been said the entire time. That's true. Not, well, the, the, the heroes, the, you know, because Mike Bush wants to tax and spend for public education. He's, you know, that's a profile in courage. Right. We're the evil ones. From working with teachers to protect the current funding formula in state law let alone advance a new one that adequately and equitably meets the needs of all students in every jurisdiction. Spends more money. Spends more not, money. We will not apologize for supporting elected officials like Mr. Bush and his entire House of Delegates leadership team Democrats. for their commitment to our students and our public schools. All Democrats. Exactly what you accuse them of doing, of being in the pocket of the Democratic Party. She's saying, we're not apologizing for doing that. We have been called powerful by both the Baltimore Sun and the Washington Post in recent weeks. I don't wear that as a badge of honor. I think it's a sad reflection on our society that teachers must be powerful to be heard. But I do wear it as a badge of necessity. We will continue to be as powerful as we need to be for our kids to get the schools they deserve. So she spends 650 <laughs> words admitting everything I wrote yeah. and being butthurt about it. I yeah, and, every, it. And, and demonizing everyone who opposes what they're trying to do. Every one of her opponents doesn't care about kids. Forget that you have, you know, I have kids who went through public education in this county uh, you have a child who's going to go into public schools in this county. Your wife works for them, as my wife did. You know, everybody who opposes everything the teachers' unions and Mike Bush and the Democrats and the Kerwin Commission want to do, um, they're all opposed to quality education. They're all motivated by evil profit motive. I mean, I mean, it's right out of the Communist Manifesto, practically. Um and these are the heroes, the selfless heroes, forgetting, of course, that a lot of what they're advocating for is putting more of your money into the pockets of their membership is a central part of their agenda, um, that they've become this, this powerful lobby. And, and she, you're right, she admits that. And, I mean, she's getting paid $85,000 a year or whatever it is to do this. Yeah. The problem is... In addition to her teaching salary. And and let me say something for a second. Go ahead, go ahead, According to 2015 tax records, she was working 50 hours a week for the union and making 90 thousand dollars a year 
Right. When you start adding up her salary and other other monies that she made from the union. Right. So if she's make she's working fifty hours a week as a as a as a union president. Right. And forty hours a week, roughly give or take, as a teacher. That's ninety hours a week. Math that up to She's you. scraping together her little bit of extra time for which she gets paid ninety thousand dollars. Right. Um to do this. Yeah. 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 She's a middle school English and, and, and science teacher in Kent County. Yeah. Yeah. Who spends fifty hours a week on getting the union more power. Look, this is this is a fundamental the fundamental worldview difference. I mean, this might as well be Mike Miller calling us um you know, saying we're from down below and that we're not and, and that our views aren't motivated from the Sermon on the Mount or something like that. It's exactly the same type of rhetoric. Right. It's exactly the same type of thing. And what she says, what she says without being so clear is, you stupid people don't care about kids. We have to be a strong union so that we get more and more of your money because every school is wildly underfunded. We need... Even though you spend tens of billions of dollars every year in this state on public education, it's billions too too little, yeah. and we have to spend more and more. And I won't talk about where we'll get the money from, because I don't care about that. We need the money. It has to happen. And you're just evil and greedy and don't care about your kids for not, not going I, along with that. And since you're reluctant to do it, we got to do everything we can to elect uh, Democrats exclusively to get that done. And I point out, again— which again My is exactly what you accuse the, her of. Yeah, the entire point of the piece last week was talking about how Democrats and the union have politicized school funding, and that they were doing it because the Democrats put, or excuse me, the teachers' union. But I repeat myself, I guess the right. teachers' union puts Democratic, the Democratic Party ahead of the interest of school kids, and there's not a freaking thing in this piece that proves me wrong. Yeah, no, I I expect your next piece to be, you know. <laughs> proven right hold on to your pocketbooks and just block quote where she's talking about spend more invest more spend more you know we need strong political will to make you do these things and if you don't like what we're doing you don't care about kids you're in for you know profit motive you you don't care about public education you're you're evil um you know i, I mean this is written for mother jones yes this article is a rave on Mother Jones or the Huffington Post. This is not something that's going to persuade, you know, voters in Anne Arundel County who are already in that bubble to, you know, oh, well, yeah, you know, maybe maybe Brian was off, was way off. Because you're right. She basically admits we do it, but we have to do it because, you know, you people are stupid and don't know what's good for you and your kids. So, you know, that's what we're doing. I, I, I have a funny feeling about that, as you said, my next piece would be about, I don't, I mean, why? She's already made all my points for me. Yeah, but I think, but, okay. All right. You know what I mean? It's your, it's. It's one of those things that's like, well, don't. There's a lot of petard to hoister on, you know, there's a lot of her own petard to hoister on, especially when it comes to, you know, the tax and spend agenda of the public unions. But that's fine. That's fine. We'll see. I think I think that would we'll be see more if my persuasive. view strikes me in another manner. I, I think that would you know to the audience that you're writing to, the the tax averse citizens of our fair county, I think an argument saying, you know, this is what they're really about. Don't take my word for it. The wannabe Breitbart of the world, look at what this woman actually wrote. Okay, you understand what she's saying when she says. 
you know, um, we need more investment. She means raising your taxes. No, and which is which is true. <laughs> which is exactly what it means. And of course, and of course, I, I love this too. Is the fact that the teachers union always always speaks up on quote behalf of education. You know, we don't. You know, they didn't ask. Well, because, the, they didn't ask the parents what they wanted to do. Well, no, because they don't know what they want. Uh, because the the people who are in the schools every day doing the job, they're the experts. You should you sh- we should just have a technocracy I, where I, public school educators tell you this is what we need. You just give it to us. I'd also be remiss too if I didn't point out, and then we'll go ahead and take a break. That the um, some of what's paying paying Miss Weller's eighty five ninety thousand dollar a year salary as president of the teachers union are the fair share fees, which are compulsory union dues paid by members by people who do not want to be member of a union. Yeah, a bill pushed by this by the teachers union, yeah. rammed through by Democrats in the general assembly, right. to force people against their will, unconstitutionally, if you ask me, to. Um, to pay money to the union, even if they don't want to be members of the union, because they quote benefit unquote from what the union is doing for them. In reality, it's a te- it's the teaching tax. That's what it actually is. Right. But um, you know that's that's probably not something that the, that the teachers union is going to like saying too much. Yeah, and, and I mean you know there's plenty of examples even locally that these teachers unions, not just MSEA, you know if if their member their rank and file members get out of line. And disagree with them publicly, they get smacked down. Yeah. So, yeah. So, when we go ahead and take a break, yes. Uh, when we come back, a candidate, you can't see air quotes on the radio, wants to create a new agency. The Democrats have found their own candidate for county executive who probably, probably was reading this column today and was saying, You want to help? Don't help. And then we'll, uh, we'll preview the mayor. Uh, he should have been saying that. I doubt he was that insightful, but he should have been thinking that. We'll get to that in a second. So all that and more is coming up. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. We are back. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. 
And um, it, it's King Nothing is somewhat appropriate, uh, as we actually be talking about Queen Nothing here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you didn't have Queen Nothing. So, well, we could have started with the other story about the guy, but whatever, you, you know, uh, well, I, I'm doing I'm going, the best I can. I'm going in order here. I'm, there, <laughs> there's a process, man. Okay. I, I'm, just, I'm trying. I'm baby stepping. I'm doing the work. <laughs> uh, headline. Candidate for Maryland governor proposes agency to clamp down on sexual assault harassment. You might think this is called the police, but stick with Sexual me. assault, comma, harassment. Right. A Democratic woman running for governor, you can't see air quotes on the radio, has proposed a new state agency focused on stopping sexual harassment and violence, including by identifying repeat offenders, auditing state offices, and requiring individuals who seek public office, employment, or funding to disclose whether they have committed such acts. Krishanti Vignaraja, not actually eligible to run for governor, outlined her plan Monday after weeks of national headlines about alleged workplace harassment by government officials and leading figures in entertainment and the news media. This, was, of course, was before uh, today's news. Yeah, and the United States Senate. Yeah. She said too many women, including herself, have experienced sexual assault, unwelcome sexual advances, or harassment. The fact that there has been such a groundswell of personal... Which, I'm an- sorry. Go ahead. Let me... Because this becomes relevant. I mean, that's a pretty broad category. All of those things are bad, but some are much, much worse Correct. than others. So that's a pretty broad category. Well, I got, that'll be relevant later. The fact that there has been such a groundswell of personal anecdotes highlights the, pers- per- the pervasiveness of this problem, said Vignaraja, one of two women in, a, in, quote unquote, a crowded field of Democrats seeking to challenge Larry Hogan in 2018. We need to start talking, talking about solutions of this scale. Vignaraja, a graduate of Yale and Yale Law School, previously worked as a policy aide for First Lady Michelle Obama, blah, 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 blah. She said she has experienced sexual harassment in academia and in the workplace, but she declined to provide further details about the incidents. I hesitated to add my name to the list of survivors in part of fear of being defined by it and out of respect for survivors who have suffered far worse. All I'll say for now is me too, because what I want to do now is focus on what we can do about it. Can 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 I pause there? Do you mind? Sure. Okay. Oh no, I don't mind. Pardon me, but you may. Okay, laugh. thank you. Well, I I I, I interrupt you, and I, I I don't want to interrupt you if you don't want me to. Uh, why start now? <laughs> <laughs> That's why, smartass. Better um, to be a smartass than a dumbass. Oh my god! That's what my wife says all the time. <laughs> Hi, honey. I know you listen. I hope you're proud of yourself. Um. Here's so so what happened to her? Isn't the whole thing now is to say me too and this is what happened to me and share the story and out this stuff? You know, she's saying she had she used sexual harassment yet she uses the term survivor. I mean, it I, the whole thing's hinky. Like a lot of things with Chris Vignaraja. Our- the whole thing's hinky. If you really if you even if it was sexual harassment and it wasn't as serious as a sexual assault and and personally I hope Nothing horrible ever happened to her. All these things are terrible. But say, hey, you know what? I wasn't assaulted. Women have suffered far worse than me. But I can tell you, I've worked at places, and this happened to me as well. Right. So I know how pervasive it is. Why be coy about it? I mean, look, every, look, okay, you talk about sexual harassment and and, and stuff like that. Look, I'd be pretty willing to bet everybody of both genders— both sexes has had this happen to them, sexual harassment. 
It's I happened know. to me for crying out loud. What happened I mean, to you? On. Describe what you have. Well, I mean, there you? were you know where you know where there there have been. I know this this is going to sound like me being a, being like a egomaniac. But there have been there have been time instances in Let my the life audience where be the I judge, my friend. Where, where, where I was objectified during my single days by women. <laughs> I, I'm shit you not, man. Okay, I don't. Ca- it didn't bother me that much. It's, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it's anything. Hey, level, sugar but bridges, come on but, over here, baby. <laughs> but it's happened. Okay. I mean, oh, I dropped my pencil, Brian. Could you pick it up for me? <laughs> okay. But look, I mean, it's you know that doesn't make I, me that doesn't make me special. Well, it's inappropriate, though. Of course, and I it think is. we can say it's inappropriate. I don't know that it's that pervasive. Maybe, maybe I'm doing it wrong because <laughs> I haven't had that happen to me. But, but uh, maybe, maybe it's a blessing or a curse. I don't know. But the point is, she should be saying if something really serious happened to her, she shouldn't be saying, "Oh, I can't tell you. I'm a survivor, I to, uh, but right. I can't tell you what I survived." But. I'm with you, you know. Fight the power. So let's let's get back to the why I wanted I'm to talk sorry. about this. Okay. All right. Victor Raja said the state office she is proposing will be in charge of setting up a hotline through which victims could anonymously report sexual assault or harassment and get information about support services. Okay. Again, I point out that in most places it's called the police. Um, yeah. yeah. The office would be tasked with enhancing coordination between governments at all levels to address allegations of harassment. Additionally... The state would ask companies to post information about employee rights in the workplace, which I believe is already required yeah, by federal they law, do that. offer to audit them, right. and reward those that work to eliminate sexual violence and misconduct, including with gold standard certification and preference in government procurement. God only knows how you're actually going to do that. We're super against rape at this company. I mean, what company isn't working to eliminate that? I mean, first off... Company, if we're talking about private companies particularly, they're liable. Of course. If this stuff goes on and they're not dealing with it. Right. So, uh, okay. All right. Vignaraja also promised funding to help eliminate the state's backlog of untested rape kicks. That's a legitimate okay. problem. I'll yeah. yeah and, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's an important issue. And yeah. there's a lot being lumped in together here. Here's, here's the least surprising statement of all this She did not provide an estimate for the cost of implementing the program but said the office would largely use existing state resources and charge a fee to companies that want certification or audits. Failing to adequately address sexual violence and harassment entails high costs, she added, including medical expenses and people missing work or losing their jobs. Vigna Raja credited Maryland with having many progressive sexual assault laws on the books, but said the need, state needs to strengthen its enforcement. Now, here's here's the thing, Greg. And, and look, and, and this it is goes on. So don't, we're not going to end there. This we're is gone. this is serious stuff. OK, I mean, particularly sure. Any of this is serious. All of it is all of it is inappropriate. All of it is serious. It's a very wide range. You know, there. And, and again, this kind of this kind of points out there's a big difference between sexual assault, which can cause physical injuries to people and is, and and, is an act of violence and harassment and is an act of violence and harassment, which is inappropriate and and you know, is is subject to all sorts of um, legal prohibitions, mm-hmm. especially in the workplace. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of lot of enforcement of this stuff that already goes on. Right. Certainly, the most serious end. Maybe we can do a better job of how we deal with those. But uh, you know, I, I think ultimately, Greg, with this, it's goes- like this is in the headlines. I think the government should do more about it. I don't have any specific ideas. And but, it goes back to the point that I was—I think that I, I brought this up for—was the fact that again, the Democratic primary at this point 
is becoming a series of ripped from the headlines policy proposals right. that are half baked, not well thought out, right. and have no source of funding. That's the entire Democratic primary. That's right a lot now. of what I'm reading in the paper from these guys. I mean, the primaries, uh, not. I mean, it's a ways off, but it's not that far off. I mean, I mean, you've got none of these guys are actually filed candidates yet. No, Ralph Jaffe's the filed candidate. Who's his? Who's his LG? His wife. His wife. Okay. All right. Which hey, it worked for the for Shepard Shepard in nineteen ninety. Worked is an interesting term. Winning the primary. I mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So you got that. So outside of that, and they never list that guy by the way, which is fascinating. Which again, you probably about that probably violates Democratic Party rules. But hey, yeah. what do I know? Yeah. Um, Why should Democrats start listening to rules now? Yeah, but I mean, the wheat's going to start to get separated from the chaff here soon. I'm not sure that this this is really going to. Well, whatever. I, I, you got to remember who we're talking about here, too. So right. go ahead. So uh, Jealous applauded Vignaraja for, quote, putting out a very thoughtful proposal with, quote, many good ideas that he would build upon if elected governor, adding that he supports creating an office dedicated to combating sexual assault and harassment. Shea also voiced support for Vignaraja's plan and called on Hogan to direct the State Office of Crime Control and Prevention to, quote, find ways to fight sexual harassment. Is that in their purview? I mean, I don't know. I doubt it. Okay. All right. The other candidates said Hogan's campaign either did not respond or declined to comment specifically Good. on Vignaraja's plan. You know what? Good. Hey, by the way, <laughs> here's the money quote at the very end of this. It goes oh, on the whole. This pair, these two paragraphs should have been much, much higher. Vignaraja, who grew up outside of Baltimore after immigrating with her family from Sri Lanka, announced in her gubernatorial campaign in August. She was immediately confronted with questions about her eligibility to run because she's registered to vote in both Maryland and the district and voted in Maryland only in 2016. She recently filed a lawsuit asking a state court to decide whether she meets the state's requirements that gubernatorial candidates be both a Maryland resident and a registered voter for the five years immediately preceding the election. Vignaraja declined to answer questions about her eligibility for office. Right. Right. This is, and I guess they felt compelled to add this at the end because you know we got to have some, some fig leaf of journalistic integrity here. And of course, she's not, she's not a, you know, the 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 um, Democratic establishment isn't necessarily a big fan of hers. So, but I mean, this is still a this is still a threshold issue for her that has not been addressed, and now she just won't talk about it. This lawsuit's been filed, but it's probably not even going to decide it before the filing deadline. Correct. I haven't heard any, any more about it. Um, it. She's not eligible. No. She's not eligible. She should not be running this time around. She should just wait another four years and then run if that's what she wants to do. Okay. Uh, there's not going to be a Democratic incumbent, so she'll be fine. But she's not going to be able to be an L- a lieutenant governor candidate for one of these guys. Correct. If that's what she's angling for, because this thing's still going to be hanging around her neck come February, and none of these none of these people is going to you know want to want to add her onto a ticket. Not exactly. Even it's not exactly. She adds a lot to the ticket anyway. You know. I mean. Well, I mean, I I, I mean, I could see if you wanted a prog- if you're the super progressive. Um, ticket and you know you want some diversity on the ticket and you want whatever I mean she can make a speech so I can see why people might think about it but you're right a, a lot of things that you want a lieutenant governor for especially if you're the um, Ben Jealouses of the world like money can't see me rubbing my fingers yeah. together experience um, oh they don't care about crap like that <laughs> people don't care about crap like that I don't, I'm not sure people on our side care about experience either well you're very old-fashioned talking about experience yeah well 
That's that just thing. means career politicians, Brian. Drain the swamp uh, or, or such, such. Speaking of people who have no experience and aren't career politicians. <laughs> so one of the things, Greg, Greg and I have talked about this in the past. Just because it's a segue doesn't mean it's a good segue. I, go ahead. I'm, I, you know, what do you want out of me? I mean, come on. I what do just, I want? I could have just ham. I want ham- your best, man. I could have ham-handedly done a segue like I'm doing right now. You oh, kind of did. Well, yeah, because I had a segue. <laughs> How about this? And then you can walked. We, can we put this on the chat later on? Oh yeah, we can talk. Have about you seen that. this? Sure. I have not seen that one, but we'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. This we'll, is what I want out of you. This is this is okay. We'll talk about okay. it later. Headline. That's a tease. So Greg and I have talked about Steve Shu. We have running for re-election before, and of course the the quixotic primary challenge from John Grasso. By the way, there's yeah, something yes. there's something that haven't that hasn't really gained a lot of traction in the last couple of months. Well, I don't think he's been waving the signs as much as he used to. That, maybe that's part of it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So we talked about how the Democrats were not going to run anybody serious for county executive. They would not be able to find anybody serious to run for county executive. By the way, I should mention Tom Gardner uh, made his announcement over the weekend yes, that he he's running for that seat to replace um, the chairman. Yes, I was. Gonna tr- I was going to try to get up there. I wasn't able to. Wasn't uh, able to make you know, Tom's a good friend. And, and did you make it up? I did not. I wasn't able okay. to make it either. But I wanted to give him a shout out because um, yeah, we both I wish him well. Tom for a good fifteen guy. plus years. Good guy. He'll be yeah. a good member of the county council. He's one of the guys who's tried to tell Grasso over the years, dude. Yeah. And <laughs> let's put him on the council. <laughs> So anyway, we talked about how the Democrats weren't going to find anybody serious to run for county executive, and uh, the following headline kind of proves it. Headline, capital, the first Democrat enters the 2018 Anne Arundel County executive race. And please, God, don't let him be the last. Is that what you're reading between <laughs> Davidsonville resident Stuart Pittman has announced his candidacy for county executive. Stuart with a U. Well, Stuart with an E and a U. An E and a U, It's yeah. kind of a weird spelling. Not really the biggest problem here. Pittman, the owner of Dadon Farm Training Center, will run as a Democrat. He confirmed his plans in the Capitol Thursday. He plans to focus on development as a core issue. He's the first Democrat to announce his candidacy for executive. First-term county count- county executive Steve Shu is the only candidate who was officially filed to run on the June primary. Right. I felt like he should be replaced. His policies should be challenged, Pittman said. It took me some time to be comfortable with the notion of being county executive. It is a very winnable race. <laughs> The county it's possible. I got a 50-50 shot, right? <laughs> the county has not had a Democratic county executive since Janet Owens, who served from 1998 to 2006. There's good reasons for that. Yeah. Pittman provided the Capitol with core platform issues. Oh, good. Oh, good. Those issues included supporting businesses already within the county. That's controversial. Great. Well, that'll separate you from the county. Higher-paying jobs. <laughs> Higher development impact fees to there pay for go. infrastructure. There you go. Higher taxes. And working with the county auditor. That's it. Just right, working with go. County Otter. It's a very winnable race. Pittman is positioning himself as a, quote, steward of the land, saying yeah. his experience as a farmer was set a vision for preserving county land. Is he a farmer? He works for the Dot Doden Farm Training Center. The owner of the Doden Farm Training Center. Thank I don't you. know what that means. I don't either. I have many family members who are farmers. I, they're yes. trained farmers. The reason Pittman thinks he can beat Shu is primarily linked to development. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear about that. Pittman believes the county executive's practices and policies put the county on a path towards population growth and denser development. Oh, economic growth, bad. The new executive would oversee long-term plans that guide county development for 20 years. Right. Pittman wants the county to focus on redevelopment where needed and land preservation elsewhere. Okay. Development has to be smart and in areas that need it, Pittman said. 
Much more managed and slower growth. Slower economic growth. Much awesome. more managed and slower growth. Look, this is look, this is one of the things about county policy. It's true in Anne Arundel County. It's true in other places as well. There are people who are really obsessed with zoning. There are people who who don't want anyone to build anything else ever. Okay. And they're really into it, and this is a guy who may appeal to some of those. There are people who make their living building things and ha- own private property they'd like to improve and really resent the government being able to tell them whether they can make a living or improve their own private property. And they're going to be very resistant to this. Many other citizens don't give a crap one way or the other. They care about whether their taxes are going to go up or not. Because we are a very tax-averse county. Right. We care about, are the schools running okay? Are the roads running okay? If I call the cops, are they going to show up? Did the snow get plowed? Did the snow get plowed? Is traffic too bad? And are my taxes going up? If you can make the services decent without raising my taxes, you're the man. (laughs) That's basically all you got to do in Anne Arundel County. and, And frankly, that's true on the council level as well. So even if you got some shady stuff in your background and maybe you want a second... Uh, you know, a uh, second civil war or neo-Confederate, well, as long as you don't raise my taxes, I'm willing to, you know, kind of look the other way on some of that stuff. Pittman joined farmers on the Anne Arundel County Soil Conservation District. Great. He also served as Maryland Horse Council president. <laughs> he founded the Retire Racehorse Project, a nonprofit that assists in training horses for second careers after racing. As paralegals or something, I don't know. <laughs> the Anne Arundel County race will be another major battleground in 2018, as Democrats aim to retake lost sectors of Maryland. Sure. With the highest prize being the governor's office held by Republican Larry Ogan. Okay. I mean, Democrats, there'll be a battle. I Democrats know. are hopeful President Donald Trump will prove to be a catalyst. Yeah. The Annapolis mayoral to, election to win our first segment. To Annapolis a mayoral election, a Democratic candidate in Gavin Buckley, who soundly defeated Republican incumbent Mike Panalides. Pittman doesn't think voters will vote against Shu specifically because of Trump. So he's smart. Well, there's, <laughs> he's that smart at least. But he does think that the president will energize Democrats to show up in county in a county with majority Democrat registration. <laughs> Hogan, however, is well liked with support polling around sixty percent. Pittman says uh, he may counteract that effect. Traditional Democratic and independent voters are realizing that elections do matter. Is that the how the story ends? Or keep going. No, that's that's the end of oh, that wow. great newspaper Elections story. matter. Well, that's breaking news. <laughs> Traditional Democrat and independent voters are realizing, only now, only now do they realize that elections matter. So, Greg, I think it's very safe to say this jabroni doesn't have a prayer. Um, uh, you know, he is, as you said, cannon fodder. He's the, he's the guy the Democrats can put up who's going to go to, you know, the river associations and the, the environmentalists and the anti, anti-growth and... Those kind of groups, and he can be their guy, and he'll get about forty percent on in November. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll eschew raising money from developers, and so he'll get outspent ten to one. And you know, right? They can all feel good about themselves. Right, Greg. Why don't we take a break, and then we'll talk about this other thing you got here that, that I died. You just hit me to, and then we'll talk about the state party convention on the flip side of the break. I'm I'm very intrigued by this. It's this, fun. Here, this additional take a look segment at it. that we're going to have. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. 
Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. That's why we had to jingle in with the uh, I, I, German singer. It's called it's called having a motif, and you did a very good job of it. Yeah, Kaiserstadt to Kamasar. So Greg just hit me to this mailer that he got. Yeah, kind of sandbag. I have to kind of like the Washington Post with Judge Roy Moore. I have to, <laughs> and I have to say something here. Okay, before we get started, when Greg's going to re- tell you what this mailer is all about. I have never seen a mailer more narrow-casted for one person, that person being Greg Klein, yeah. than I have ever seen this mailer being narrow-casted <laughs> in my life. <laughs> if okay. you wanted to convince me, this is this is ideal. This is why I had to bring it up. Okay. <clears throat> We've mentioned it before. Um, I live in a Legislative District 33, which has three Republican members. They are uh, to the Maryland House of Delegates. They are Delegate Tony McConkie, Delegate Sid Saab, and Delegate Michael Malone. Uh, it appears that Jerry Walker, who is currently a county councilman who's term limited out, he is running for one of those uh, seats. And the House, the Maryland House Republican Caucus has been sending out mailers um, attacking negative mailers against Jerry Walker. We and I point about, out, by the way, this is, yeah. and, and before you get started this, it is very unusual. Yes. First off, at this first off, there's a couple of things that are unusual. One, it's unusual for the Maryland House Republican Caucus to be sending out mailers attacking another Republican. Okay, that's some one, might say unprecedented. That's well, as far as I know, it is unprecedented. Right. It's also very rare to have any mailers from any candidate about anything this early in the election. I cycle. realize why I got two now because one was supposed to be my neighbors. Um, <laughs> and so I mean, this we are seven months. Yes. Before the primary. That's correct. And this is now at least the second time that, that a mailer has been yes. sent out. So now voters in District 33 have gotten two mailers, negative mailers about Jerry Walker. Right. Before, presumably, they've gotten any positive mailer or anything from I haven't Jerry seen Walker it. himself. I, I, I haven't seen it. And and let me describe this one to you. Maybe we'll put take a picture. And by the way, before up. we get started, too, this yeah. is the kind of nonsense that Greg and I geek out about. Well, I mean... I, uh, 
It's fun. I mean, look, I live in this legislative district. I'm familiar with what's going on here. I actually ran in this district many, many moons ago. So I, I do. One might say you were the conservative choice. <laughs> Not enough. Um, but this is this is fascinating. And of course, again, as you'll see, this this person. I mean, this could if if they if they workshopped. Let's come up with a piece that appeals to the Greg Kleins of the world. They could not have done better. Okay, so they could have put an Oakland Raiders logo on it. That's true. That's about it. But there's not enough room. I don't know where they'd put it. Uh, so here it is. It's a uh, what is this? A four by eight, something like that. A four by eleven mm, piece. What is five this? by eleven? Five by eleven. Maybe male piece. Okay, professionally printed. Nice glossy. on on the front. Uh, what I'll call the front. It's got stop Jerry Walker, with the O in the stop being a pot leaf, a marijuana leaf. Uh, and then it, then the text says, Jerry Walker's hijinks will ruin Saverna Park for families. So it's specifically targeted Saverna Park. Where and by the way, hijinks not spelled the way you normally spell it. It's spelled H-I-G-H. Right. They're making space, a pun space. with regard to the marijuana. Yes. You know, I get it. It's clever. Uh, and then the smaller text has Councilman Walker sponsored Bill 8617 on October 2nd, which will allow marijuana stores in Saverna Park. Ooh. And then they got a link to go check it out. Walker wants to change county zoning laws to allow marijuana dispensaries in 10 locations in Saverna Park. Now, Saverna Park is a significant part of this legislative district. And it's also, not the only part. And also, um, Saverna Park is the largest area of this legislative district that Jerry Walker has not represented on the county council. Correct. Correct. He is from Crofton, uh, which is the other end of this. Um, it's okay, including Ritchie Highway near the, the Harris Teeter, Benfield Road near Safeway, Near my office, by the way, if you ever want to stop by. Uh, 4105-4160-UA. Ritchie Highway near Joe's Seafood. Next to Kinder Park. Ooh. Near Partners in Care. Near Lakeford, Lake Waterford Park. I did the Waterford there. Waterford, yeah. Jones Station Road. Hey! Jones Station Road near the Spurnoka Farmer's Market. That's across the street. Uh, Veterans Highway across from the Goddard School. And Libations. Veterans Highway near the Severna Park Racquet Club. And Jumpers Hole. Near the B&A bike trail. They worked in bikes. This is great. So anyway, he wants to put these these marijuana dispensaries all through Severna Park and basically turn Severna Park into some sort of Cheech and Chong, you know, uh, fever One dream. might say hate Ashbury. Hate Ashbury, absolutely. Ashbury. Ten. Walker's marijuana legislation would allow pot shops to operate in nearly 1,000 new locations in 140 additional neighborhoods in the county. Severna Park already faces a serious drug crisis. Now Walker wants to bring drugs to Severna Park to be sold at stores right next to dry cleaners, restaurants. Well, I don't know why dry cleaners would lead that list, but <laughs> restaurants, I went daycares, to dry cleaners today. Daycares, playgrounds, toy stores, grocery stores, and other places where our families and children routinely go. Our children routinely go to dry cleaners. All right. uh, will one open by you? Well, yes, according to what they've got here. It's going to be right across the street from our neighborhood. Uh, don't let Jerry Walker send our future up in smoke. And, and then they've and, got a website to go to. And, Stop but Jerry t- Walker. Let's talk about the picture. Oh, but the pictures are this kind of off, off-center, um, colorized picture of Jerry Walker with his bow tie on. And then they've got this clown with a pot leaf. It's fantastic. Now, their previous mailing referred to him as a clown. Right. So there's a clown motif. Right. Like I said, this is narrow casting to Greg Klein. <laughs> so they're saying, hey, hey, Greg Klein, uh, Jerry Walker's a clown who wants to bring pot to your neighborhood and and to bike trails. I mean, how could I not oppose Jerry Walker? I mean, 
I would be a complete hypocrite if I wasn't adamantly opposed to this guy. And on the back, they've got uh, Councilman Jerry Walker proposes allowing marijuana stores near Smyrna Park neighborhoods. And they've got a picture of him, a smiling picture of him, with an off-center bow tie. I guess the bow tie is some sort of subtext as well. Well, no, he's he's he wears bow ties all the time now. No, I know, but I think the way that they're positioning the photo, is, <laughs> I think they're presenting it as some Don't sort of... Don't get lost in the bow tie and all of it's, this. It's funny the way they... I'm sure it's all intentional. It's clear that every single space of this is thought out. And then it's got a little map of Severna Park with little pot leaves where all the places that... Jerry Walker wants to bring the nefarious drug trades um, to Severna Park. Walker is clowning around with your community. Find out more. StopJerryWalker.com. This is one of the greatest hit pieces that I've ever seen in my life. And in this district, that's saying something. Because <laughs> Republicans sending negative hit pieces on Republicans in this district is an art form. And the, yeah. the bar has been raised. Yeah. And we still got seven months. So you think it's going to be an ugly primary? Because by the way, um, last I checked, and, yeah. I, and I'll and obviously we'll know more in January when the filing pe- when the period's over. But the I, by period. the way, I'm sure if you go to stopjerrywalker.com, you can see this as well, and I encourage you to do that. But, but last I checked, Walker had well over six figures in the bank. Yeah, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, it's going <laughs> to. As someone who's run in these multi-candidate primaries, yeah, you start doing the math. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're starting early. And who knows where the funding for these come from? I I really don't think the House Republican caucus is taking money that otherwise would have gone to supporting more Republicans getting elected. That's what they'll be accused of. But I got to believe that there's some independent funding source. I don't know. I mean, it'll be it's it's interesting. But I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an arms race. And by the way, let's be clear. The Maryland House Republican caucus is not the same as the Maryland house republican slate yes so this is something that sounds official but unless i miss my mark is probably something completely different i don't know you don't know i don't know but we'll find out we'll dig into it and this mailer this mailer by the way could of course wind up being a topic for conversation at this weekend's maryland republican party convention oh i imagine if which we some folks stop uh, by they will uh they will be curious about but it's great but I mean, if you're a fan of Conservative Refuge and this show and you've listened to me talk about these issues, I mean, I, I can't imagine a piece more targeted at me yeah. than this. Effectively. I Realistically, the only way that wasn't clear. The only way Unless that, they showed him riding a bicycle. And while pushing a statue over. <laughs> a statue over. Yes. And pulling the plug, uh, you know, on, on some old person. Yeah. You know. As I as I said, the Republican Party convention is this weekend. And, yes, um, you were doing a segue. Just I, relax. I was. It's after nine o'clock. It is. It's fun time. It's fun time. It's fun time. And um, look, it's not. It does not sound like it's going to be a particularly controversial weekend, as far as we know. Well, the the what's going to go on this weekend? The 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 state party business. There's not a lot of that going on. One nothing. thing that one thing that we do know will be going on is that the the election integrity com- report. Yes. Uh, that um, our Charlene Cowan Charlene wrote Gale, about right. a few weeks ago. That will be up for, for adoption. That's the only that's the only piece of business that I'm actually aware of right now. I can't imagine the there agenda. being much controversy. But it's a fascinating report that was done. And you can go to RedMaryland.com and read a copy of it. Uh, so there are, there are no officer elections right. this time around. Right. There are no, um, like I said, controversial issues that we're that aware of. That we're aware of, of. yeah. Um, 
you know, so obviously there will be there will be suites tomorrow night. Um, I know that uh, the Conservative Club of Maryland will have a suite. I know Anne Arundel County will have a suite. Okay. I know a potential U.S. Senate candidate will have a suite. Oh, a name you may have heard of. Yes. That's the rumor. And uh, I know that there's going to be a, a, a reception that costs money uh, for the state party featuring the lieutenant governor tomorrow night. Ah. Um, and, of course, we'll be there. We will be there. That, that, this is the highlight. We saved the best for last. Right. We will be there. We will be there. Greg and I will be broadcasting, yes. uh, taping, I should say, for a we'll broadcast We'll be recording later, something. probably go up Saturday morning. Along with, our, uh, along with our good pals Jerry Rogers and Andrew Langer from the Langer cast. And, uh, we will, from WBAL Radio, if you please. And we will, of course, be you know, doing, doing our usual convention show. If you haven't heard our convention yeah. shows in the past, you know, it's basically us kibitzing and grabbing people for interviews and kibitzing. talking to people and... You know, and we'll, and hopefully we'll get some great interviews as people walk in. We're recording a little bit early, so plenty of time to stop by and say hi, and you know, uh, and then you can go off and enjoy the evening. That's our plan. Because again, free food, free food, free drink, don't cost nothing. Free camaraderie. All it costs is lots of lots of candidates would love to glad your hand. Yes, and of course, like I said, all it's going to cost you is gas to get there. That's right. Um, could cost you a little more if you make some poor choices, but if you do make a poor choice, what's that number? 410-541-6DUI. No one drinks at these things heavily. <laughs> Certainly not to excess. That never happens. <laughs> Bad decisions are never made at these conventions. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of jokes going through my head that I'm not going to make. you pr- probably better off. Yo, no, I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be. I mean, like I said, it should be, it should be for a state Republican Party convention, a pretty drama free convention. Yeah, you know, the but next... it, but it will be a great time to talk about what's going on in the party, and uh, certainly there are people who disagree about things that are going on and things that are going on nationally that have a local take on it. And we've got an election going on next year. We've got competitive primaries that are getting ramped up, a la our previous discussion, um, and uh, it it will be it will be very very interesting. Yeah, this will be. This is not the last convention before the primary. The last convention not. before the primary will be either end of April, early May. But that will that will be you know on the eve of the voting. Now's the time. This is a critical one mm-hmm. because you've got people from around the state who are very involved, very um, active. A lot of them significant donors early in this process. That if you're a candidate, especially if you're a candidate in a particular area where these the people live or you're running for Congress, you're running for some broader thing. This is a great chance to find those people and connect with those people and, and make something out of it. So, yeah, if you want to find a candidate that, that fits your ideological leanings, yeah. if you want to find somebody who, who you want to help and work for, as we've talked about, by the way, or if you want to run for the Central Committee, you don't know what the job entails, this is a perfect time to come out and see how the sausage is made yeah talk to central committee members and and you know this is a fun and friday night when we'll be there that's the fun time yes that's when people come and they hang out hang out and get to know each other and have a have a cocktail or two perhaps if that's their choice and and enjoy themselves as only maryland republicans can (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> on the bright side it's a contained environment and it's a hotel so people just that's right yeah it's right that's right but it's fun and and you do get to and we you encourage people to come because a lot of people we hear say oh i can't go to these expensive fundraisers and you know i'd like to meet some of these candidates i like to hear, it's, it's fr- free this is free this is free you drive there and not only is it free they'll feed you 
and give you drinks and you can meet people. And and these candidates would be happy to meet you. Yes. They're dying to meet you. Yes. So so definitely consider it coming out. It's the perfect event. If you're a cheapskate, this is the event for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Remember a couple of years ago, it actually popped up on my Twitter feed. It was um, the year that Tony McConkie bought up pretty much the entire stock of Twinkies. As was, they were going, yes. And was distributing them at the state party convention. Wacky. Wacky. I believe that was also the state party convention where, for reasons that just now escape logic, we had a certain late um, oh boy, I don't individual know who was on the air with us. As it turned out, he was kind of a, you know... Somebody we didn't want to be associated with later, but we had a whole conversation with him on the air, and you and he were bantering yeah. back and forth. Yes, that was a convention show. Yes. yes. So you can meet people there at this convention who will turn out to be shitheads. It happens. <laughs> there will be people there who hate us. Yes. There are people there who love us. That's right. We'll bury them all. Don't say that. That's wrong. I, I didn't do that. <laughs> Wow. We buried more than a few, I have to tell you. Ah, uh, Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we'll have a lot of fans there as well. We will. And, and maybe we'll be making new friends, including you. Yeah. We'd so, love to see you. So all you got to do is show up, okay? Like yeah. I said, it don't cost nothing. Yeah. We'd There's love literally to see you. no reason for you not to show up. We'd love to. And again, we'll be there with uh, our old friends, Jerry Rogers and Andrew Langer. Um, other old friends of ours may make an appearance as well. I'm looking forward to that. Can't Can't say anything, but... Other surprises are in store, we're told. And you never know. We could always get a... Steve fa- Bannon could come back. <laughs> and you never know. Mr. I'm going to start calling him that now. Mr. Colorado could be there. Well, Mr. Colorado called in when we did a show. We were doing it live. We're not going to do tomorrow's show live. At a con- That was a convention show. Yeah. yeah. I was not at that convention. I can't remember where I was, but... I know where Jimmy Braswell was. He was sitting beside me. He, I don't know where his brain was. He was on another planet. But <laughs> I know where he was sitting. That was a fun show. Go back yeah, to the archives, was... blogtalkradio.com. Yeah, if you go back to the now. archives, and by the way, there's six and a half, year, almost seven years now worth of content on the archives. You could spend a lot of time going yeah. through our archives. And if you haven't listened to it, it is, in fact, new to you. Yeah. But we, you know, that was that was back in the days when we tried to do convention shows live. And that was that was. Mm. Well, the problem is you're limited, your audio quality, which we've improved tremendously. I went back and listened to the last live remote show that we did from the Baltimore County event, and it sounded great for as loud and horrible acoustically but as even the that, place that was. was. But that was taped, though, was it not? It was. Uh, that's my point. Yeah. We've, got, we've improved it tremendously. When we tried to do it live like we're broadcasting right now, the internet connection is always an issue, and it's kind of chancy, and you drop out, and it sounds horrible. Yeah. Almost unlistenable, which... Some in our network don't seem to have a problem with. Some of us, that's not acceptable. We have a higher standard. So we're going to record it. It's going to sound great. And um, even though we might not be able to hear each other, you'll be able to hear us on the recording. And uh, we'll have a good time. We'll just try to get Jerry and and Andrew not to talk over each other or us. (laughs) That will be a challenge. So I I think what we'll do is we'll just kind of build in some structure to let Jerry Rogers – Tell us what the deal is for 15 minutes straight. Just we- just like just like a just like a cat that's kind of hyperactive. Just let him wear himself out, and then we can get into it. That's, well, of course, that's Jerry, Jerry has some friends who will be there. Of course, Do you remember previous convention shows. Well, he's a good friend of of uh, Gene Craig yes. for one. Yeah, yes. Gene's a great guy. Gene's a great guy. They just don't see eye to eye. That's all. 
they they disagreed. Well, the the reason that they disagreed was because Jerry, unlike many of the people on the central committees, actually read Gene's Facebook page <laughs> and realized, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but anyway, Gene's a good guy. So. Anything else you want to talk about? We actually are kind of running ahead of schedule right now. Oh, well, we can wind it up. We don't have to pad things. Oh, this I'm, is, this is no, the we're not going to pad for 45 minutes. I'm just, you we're know. We're not. <laughs> now you just scared everyone clean off. <laughs> clean off. What are, Is there anybody you're looking forward to seeing specifically tomorrow night? No. Okay. All right. Just, okay. All right. <laughs> just night, folks. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody. You know, look, it's these are this is my... This is my public, so... Yes. This is your public, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing our friends that we haven't been able to see for a long time. Indeed. And... Because, and, um, like I said, we did not we did one last fall. We did not do one... Um, we, we were not at the last convention. We did not. One in we the did spring. not. So we were there at the fall, and I guess it was Frederick last year. Something like that. And uh, so we're looking forward to We were in one. Frederick. The last one we did was in Frederick, yes. Yes, which I believe was last fall. I think that's correct. I believe that's correct, yeah. Okay. And it was a good show. The The problem, one of the decisions that we made that we're not going to do this time, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, is we did it from the, um, which suite was The Conservative it? Club Suite. The Conservative Club Suite, who were very nice to host us, and it was great in that regard. But when you're in the suite, you're you're beholden to people coming in and out. And it's when we were in a lobby-type area, we got all the traffic and people walked by us, and it was much more conducive to putting a show together. So that's what we're going to try to do this yeah, time. Yeah, that was the at the time that people are coming in and checking in and and milling about mm-hmm. before they get too inebriated. Um, that's the time we're going to record. So that's that's optimal for for getting guests and kind of things. We got to find a place to set up and do all that sort of thing. But and we'll figure it out. The state party is aware that we're trying to do that, and yes. they've been very helpful and. And uh, I have no doubt that um, those guys. And, and by the way, I'm going to buy a beer for Jerry Wozniak. Okay. I think he needs it. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He needs. He needs it. Okay. Have you talked to him lately? I have not talked to him lately. Now. I hope. I hope we get a chance. To talk. I hope he's doing well. He had. A, he had a rough day a couple yeah, weeks ago. We all did. Some more than others, but we all. We all felt it. We didn't have one job, but that's okay. <laughs> it's. It's not your fault. Right. Why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we have a whole yeah. we have a whole litany of shows here on the network. An entire network devoted to this stuff. I wouldn't say it's a litany. On, I would uh, say it's a treasure trove. On on Fridays, I'm assuming not it's this a, week. It's a, it's a plethora. It's a cornucopia. On Fridays, we have Red Maryland's election focus. Do we have a show this week? No, we're doing it from the convention. Okay. Um, we have some folks in the queue. Uh, next week is a holiday, of course. So but the week after that, we're going to have some. We're going to. Folks are responding and are interested in getting Excellent. on the show, so we will do that. Sunday will be a brand new episode of the Air Raid, of oh, course, nice. truly. Um, Tuesday, maybe. Well, we were going to do this show, but now you're now telling we're doing me it Wednesday. We're not yeah, do we're going to do we're going to do the so special. So I will try to do a conservative refuge tomorrow or tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday or whatever. Um, I may work on some best ofs over the weekend. We'll see. That's probably a good idea. Have those in the can. Wednesday. Will be Red Maryland Radio, the flagship show, the, the Thanksgiving Wednesday. Spectacular. I hope that's okay, honey. <laughs> the Thanksgiving Spectacular. Which yeah, my wife also... listened to last week's show. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you again, and I apologize. But she was listening to last week's show where I mentioned I was going to be home on Thursday. Yeah. And she's like, well, you're not doing the show on Thursday. I don't care if you're home or not. And I'm like, we weren't doing the show. Relax, dear. <laughs> I was just mentioned. He asked if I would even be home, and I said, yes, I will be. And I will be. 
Okay. Well, we're doing the show Wednesday. Yes. And it will be. I'll be enjoying football and or the Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, Turkey Day Marathon. Well, there you go. Yes. But on Thurs- on Wednesday's show, of course, will be the Red Maryland uh, November poll results. Oh, As well awesome. as the nominations for the 2017 Red oh, Maryland that's Awards. Worth it right there. Biggest show of the year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe we'll maybe we'll hype those a little bit on Friday. Maybe we'll get some potential candidates on, and we can get Jerry and Jerry and Andrews' take on it. By the way, their most recent show, they Jerry implied that people who live in Maryland are stupid. Yeah, for we'll, living. We here. might we might talk a little bit about that. <laughs> might want to talk about that a little bit. He says he's stupid for living here. Well, you can go back to New Jersey if you think that'll make <laughs> you smarter. Um, and then of course throughout the week we have Rob Carson. Yeah, Rob hasn't given us any new shows for a while. He'll probably dump a bunch on us uh, tomorrow. And if that's the case, we'll forward them on to you. Indeed. And, of course, the easiest way to get Red Maryland Network programming is to subscribe. Yes. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. Now that I have made the move to Android, I have now moved over to Stitcher myself. Okay. Um, Good. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll find... The Red Maryland Network. Just search Red Maryland Network or the Red Maryland automatically Network. Automatically download Don't the device nothing. of your choice. Don't cost nothing. And you can go to redmaryland.com slash support, uh, support us on the redmaryland.com to, to find the links to subscribe, to find our uh, to find the links for our street team gear, to find yeah. links to donate. PayPal.me slash redmaryland is how you do that. And all the money that we get goes into promoting what we do here at Red Maryland. Every links time. on links to our Amazon our Amazon link. You yes. can make your purchases through that Amazon link. A portion of that per- purchase comes back to us at no cost to you if you need a Thanksgiving hat like Greg has. Yeah, well, you're starting probably even to do some Christmas shopping. When you do that on Amazon, as I do, start by going to redmaryland.com, clicking on the Amazon and really, link, and shop as you normally Why would. wouldn't you do it on Amazon? Yeah, I don't why, know. Why would you want to leave the house? I don't know. My my nephew wants to get into Dungeons and Dragons, and my wife's like, "Can you find a starter set for him?" I'm giving you that assignment, and I did on Amazon. On Amazon, using the Red Maryland link. That, well, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but yes, I did Look find at that it there. synergy. Look at all that synergy. That's right. And of course, you can go to zazzle.com/slash Red Maryland if you want a stocking stuffer. You can get a Red Maryland mug, Red Maryland T-shirt. T-shirts are great. You know, all that stuff is available for you. Do you still wear the technical shirts. I do. I still have Good. my, there you my go. tech shirts that I wear to the gym. There you yeah. go. So Absolutely. Um, and, of course, we're on social media. We are. All the social media. Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. Yes, you're all on Facebook. Instagram.com at Red Maryland. Yes. We're on Twitter at Red Maryland. We are. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and have the best of Red Maryland delivered to you. It's a great newsletter. We get a lot of comments about it. We do. And, of course, if you want to email us, redmaryland at gmail.com. Good old-fashioned electronic Is where you do that. Some people email us trying to help. (laughs) They do. It's adorable. It's cute. It is cute. Or you can always call us on the Red Maryland Talkback line, 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. And we will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Greg, final thoughts. Thanks for listening. We're doing a short show this week. Makes up for the extended ones that we've done before. Please do come out and see us tomorrow night at the uh, state party convention. That's the Hotel at Arundel Preserve in Hanover near Arundel Mills Mall. If you can't be there, 
make sure you subscribe. Stay tuned. Look out for RedMaryland.com when we post our show probably Saturday morning from there. So it'll be like you were there. And share it with your friends on social media. Absolutely. Please do that. You that the, helps us tremendously. You are the force multiplier. That's right. We appreciate it. At the vanguard of conservatism in the state of Maryland. Exactly. For everybody what here, you said. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Grivis. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Yeah.